Welcome 2209 to another podcast episode. Today we have our third panel of guests on to talk about um, United Front. The city of Fort Wayne got together, started a group to start implementing diversity, equality, and inclusion. This is our third panel. And if you listen to the other two episodes, they've kind of been a little different. So I'm really interested to see what these guys have learned over this period of classes. Um, I know I kind of feel like I'm understanding the concept. I'm going to know more stuff. What are you guys thinking so far here? I think the cool thing is, is that each day we've had different, we had this covering the same subject, but everybody has a different take on it. And that's been super cool. And especially to hear everybody's individual thoughts and what they think and what they've gone through. Your stories is what makes this. And sometimes your story may inspire, may help someone else who's went through the same thing, but just never knew how to put it out like that. So I'm looking forward to hearing what you guys have to say and ladies. So um, let's start by introducing our panel today. Go ahead, Deanna. Um, I am Deanna Watson. I work in trim five on first shift and I'm the cap committee chair. Paula Friedrich, uh, chassis, I'm on first shift, motor two, and I'm chair of community service. I'm uh, Danny Phillips, I work first shift, final one. I am co-chair of the union label committee. Amanda Meyer, I work on first shift on door line in the trim shop, and I'm trustee here at Local 2209. Tisha Uten, I work first shift in material in the body shop, and I am a member of the women's committee. Tyler Harris, I am First Shift Material, and I am co-chair to the CAP Committee. Thank you, guys. So I'm actually wondering, right off the bat, I'm just going to ask, did anybody go into this training with a preconceived notion that got completely altered by what you learned? You already knew? Did anybody learn anything? I don't think they had any expectations. I didn't really know what to expect. What to expect? Right. Yeah. Right. I was trying to stay open since there's so many different people from the community that are a part of this and all different all different professions. So I think I just tried to keep an open mind to see where it would go. Okay. Anybody else? I kind of came into it um, with a background in psychology and just wanting to put myself in a position to be a better ally and be able to better represent the different things that were happening and you, you did it for you want to make sure that you can be that ally so that somebody feels comfortable with yeah it, especially growing up in a uh, very non um, trend, uh, diverse community such as Huntington but also having spent like a year or two in Huntington school systems, I knew that a lot of people didn't have the knowledge or the terminology when they entered those conversations that you put yourself in that corner where it's like, well, no matter what I say, I sound dumb because I don't have the words. So when you're trying to make up for lack of experience, having the terminology is definitely something that can keep you in the conversation and keep you able to, you know, add value to it. Mm-hmm. So I viewed this as an opportunity to do that. Um, what is one thing, um, and I'll, I'll, I'll pick out, one thing for you specifically that you learned in this class that impacted you this mo- the most? Me specifically? You. 
I guess um, as a white guy, it's it's always good to kind of check yourself and uh, remember that there are platitudes to uh, what you don't know. So saying what I've learned would be that there's so much more to learn. Knowledge is power. And this is kind of a doorway to open that up, um, to get the ball rolling. Um, because we all work in, in the plant. We work with such a diverse community. I mean, we had a conversation right before we started to record this about inclusion and certain things. You know, I'm not going to go into details, but we want to make sure that everybody is inclusive. Danny, is there anything that you learned in the class that you're like, oh, okay, that's, I didn't think of it that way or I didn't look at it that way or kind of changed something in you? Uh, I would say my experiences were a little different growing up. I was in a very diverse neighborhood and a lot of the classes I was the minority. I had a lot of minority educators and, and stuff. So I kind of felt like a lot of this I might not, I might already know or not need to know to be an ally. And there was just so much that I was wrong. There was so much information about the, not just the psychological part, but the actual physical part of it, the aspect of how your brain works and how everything is related, you know, walking into a situation, the things that your brain does just automatically was very interesting. Danny, um, right there, you and Tyler have different backgrounds. Yours was pretty diverse and his wasn't. And what I heard from Tyler was the um, the imposter syndrome, where you don't think, where you think about what you say, but you don't think you have the right words to say and everything. And with you coming up in a diverse background, and you were the minority, I know I have some friends like that who were the minority, and they were white. You went through, you kind, it's kind of reversed. Mm -hmm. So what I can say black people had to deal with growing up and stuff like that, it's kind of reversed because I've heard the sly comments and stuff like that to my friend. And, you know, there have been times where I, me and him had to fight, <laughs> you know, together against people because they were doing what they didn't want done to them, which was, you know, the slick comments, the, the reverse racism, you know. And so I know you probably had to deal with that being in that diverse background and everything where you know you're the minority yeah um and it just i just all seemed normal to me yeah i never really thought about it until you know going through courses like this and and hearing dr lasambe talk about the stuff really just shined a light on it it's amazing now what we've learned too is that um we finally have words for what we went through growing up you know back then we didn't have no words we were just told hey, this is life, turn the other cheek, or knuckle up, you know? Now you have the words to come out and just say it. We didn't call them microaggressions. Right. <laughs> no, I'm pretty sure we did not. No, no, I couldn't be in third grade. That's a microaggression to my teacher. <laughs> it's funny because my experience kind of is the middle ground between theirs. So I started out in elementary school at a very diverse elementary school, and you learn, you know, I learned about slavery. I learned about the KKK and all that stuff. But this may sound really dumb, 
But, like, I truly did not understand that, like, racism was a thing that exists in the world currently um, until, and granted, what a place of privilege for me to live in that I did not realize it until I moved in fifth grade, I moved to um, DeKalb County. And I can recall a time where, you know, we had just moved there and we drive by the courthouse and they were literally having a KKK meeting on the court square. And so it was a really uncomfortable conversation to have with my mom, her trying to explain to me that like, this is, you know, that racism exists and this is real. And, um, and so I think for me, it was like a culture shock for me, but also like, I felt it was just a huge eye opener for me. And so like pretty much from that moment forward, diversity and inclusion has been a like important part of my life like trying as a person with privilege trying to include people and so as we've gone through united front to me as someone who's in leadership just like everybody else in this room but i try to look at things because i know how i got started i had mentors that helped bring me up and so you always want to be that person for somebody else and I look at our leadership sometimes and I don't think it looks like the rest of our membership. And so it's been important for me, especially as a young woman getting started at 12 days after my 18th birthday, like it, there was, I faced some difficult challenges and I want to make it easier for the next person. Like, you know, someone helped me along. I want to do that for someone else. And so having the words, like Tyler said, sometimes um, you might understand the concepts but also you realize how much of it you don't know, how many things you were completely unaware of that still existed in the world, even as someone who thinks they understand and thinks they're a good ally, like it's important to always listen to everybody else's experiences because you don't realize how much you don't know. Right, that's so true. And I see that a lot like on our Facebook pages and social media, just how there's this narrative like everyone is so easily offended these days and it's like putting language to what we're seeing doesn't mean that it's an attack on anyone and that was one of the things that I've taken out of this is the knee-jerk reaction is to be defensive is to instantly be defensive and say well I don't do that or that's not what I meant when I said it and really you just need to listen because that person everyone has their different experiences that they're coming from is it go ahead i was just gonna say you know putting in that empathy that understanding which i don't know if it just went away or really was like not there things get talked about as though they function like out in this ether and that it's not really something that's happening amongst us and i think with social media when you can just type something off on your phone and send it and there and you're not realizing that there's a person behind it that's made it easier you know but we but bringing back that humanity there's no consequences right on social right. media mm-hmm. that's true and that's why we got cyber bullies you know until they see the person in real life and then next thing you know they're like um hi <laughs> <laughs> uh-huh. that's right yeah, but it's it's going to take these uncomfortable talking and conversations for us to start opening up as a, especially as a local. You know, how can I call you my brother and sister when I'm slighting you? Put, yeah, yeah, I'm putting you in the category as oh, you're a temp or yeah. even temp stink. They're just yep. temps. And we had mentioned that in the other one, but I mean, just a small thing on on just our local level itself. So we got leadership in here to take the class, you know, people that are out on the floor, they're they're in our community. So 
put all this information and put it to use on the floor. But like, Paula, you're in community service and you guys do so much work. I'm so grateful for your community service committee because you guys have really been out there. So I, I actually specifically wanted to ask you because you work in so many different things, and, but with this class, not only just in our local, it, do you feel like it's gonna be beneficial for you going into our community and giving these services to all the different things? You, you do soup kitchens, we do day of caring, you go to people's homes, you guys do tons of stuff. I guess, uh, well, thank you for that, first of all. Yeah. I, like, um, I can't even express how, thank you. how happy it makes me. I appreciate these that. <laughs> we love doing it. I think that's the best part, is that we actually love doing it. I think with me, I'm a minority, a, a biracial minority. So for me, it was very enlightening to learn about how early the age of children starts noticing discrimination and I think for the most part it's anywhere from two to four um, that children start noticing that you know the differences and I thought that was uh, really sad but um, going back to us being out in the community my son he's 19 and I take him to the soup kitchen whenever I don't have enough people to go or people you know but he loves it. He loves to go. And so one day we were driving home from the soup kitchen and my son said to me, he goes, you know what my favorite part about, you know, the soup kitchen is? And I, you know, it, first thing that came to mind was like, oh, you know, because you're giving back and, you know, doing something productive. And he said, no, there's a cop there. It's a Fort Wayne police officer there. And he said, my favorite part of being there is that he gets to see men like me in a different light and I just teared up because you know I got to get in his head and so he he automatically understands it and he's like I want them to see that we're not all that stereotype and I want him to see on a Saturday I'm at a soup kitchen giving back to my community and it was a great experience and like you talked about because we learn things we, we learn it from our parents, we learn it from the environment, we learn it by experiences, and sometimes we don't know what someone else is experiencing until they say it out loud. But us as parents, you know, we're teaching our kids, and, and sometimes until they say something, you don't know what's really something like that, especially. Yeah, it, it was, I was so proud of them. I was like, wow, you know? So, you know, you talk to your kids, but it's normally like, what's for dinner, blah, blah, blah. And you, sometimes you, you're busy and you don't go that deep. And so to just be a part of him having that deep thought in his head, it was, and, and he was, you know, hoping. It, it was, it's awesome. Well, that's, that's a good time for you as a parent and us as parents to kind of open up that dialogue, that difficult dialogue with our kids, because they're the next generation that we're raising. Absolutely. And honestly, we got to get some of this ignorant thinking out of their heads you know i'll be honest my daughter a 16 year old came out as she's gay and I, we grew up in baptist church growing up and so she had a hard time dealing with it uh because she wanted to tell us but then she was like i don't think they're gonna you know my dad's not gonna want me you know 
And it took some counseling for us to finally have that difficult talk. I always thought I could have open talks with my girls. I always say that. Till finally one day we finally had that open talk and that dialogue. And she was she was crying, of course, but she was like, Dad, I'm 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 gay. And I know in the Bible it says that's wrong. But you know, me as a parent, I'm like, but you're my daughter. <laughs> I don't care what that thing say. You my daughter. I'm never gonna disown you. So it's that difficult dialogue that we need to bring out in our local and in the plant. We need to open up some of this dialogue because we have so many different people, biracial, white, uh, gays, lesbians, everybody, you know what I mean? Black, Asians, Hispanics, you know, we got so many, we got a melting pot in our own plant. And if we can open up that dialogue in there and, and, and just think of the impact we can have in our own communities once we get our plant together. Sorry, I didn't mean to rant, but... No, you're, uh, it, it kind of made me think somebody mentioned earlier that they were saying that, you know, um, every, everybody's so easily offended now. Yes. But I think one of the beautiful other sides to that coin is everybody's much more willing to say how they feel. Yes. Or how something affects their feelings. So if you go to bed at night being all like, well, I'm surrounded by a bunch of snowflakes, maybe just look at that as like maybe you should be a bit more accepting about other people and correct them being willing to come out about their feelings and how they're it's yeah it's, yeah because you get people that say the slide comments i've had people say slide comments about my co-workers and and it's a racist one and i'm sitting here do you know my grandparents were in a racial couple and they had to flee alabama because they were threatening to kill my grandfather and my uncle you know people don't know that you know i i look totally black but no, I I, I have an interracial <laughs> grandparents. The first time this has been brought up. Oh yeah, yeah, y'all didn't know that. I mean, that's why I got good hair, but you can't <laughs> tell now because I'm bald. But you know, but yes, and but it's stories like that that I had to start telling people so they'll understand that no, I've seen that other side and I've seen being biracial. You know what it does because my mom had a lot of resentment growing up from that resentment to the point where. At first, she was like, no, you will not date anyone outside of your race. But then once we got older, she started to, and I start, we started having that open dialogue. Now she's, I love everybody, you know, so church helped with that too. That's why it's so important, like you said, as a local, because we all have our personal stories in our personal life, but we're also participating in this because we want to make our local stronger too and our union stronger and you know just taking the time to listen to those stories it's on us as being part of leadership to bring our union to be more inclusive and to you know take take it where we want it to be and that's on us now you know my dad retired i grew up in a union household but now he's retired so now you know we're looking to the next generation of leadership to bring our union to that point and and we just we got to find a way like like how can we take what united front is teaching you guys and really implement that into our plant and into our local how can how can we what can we do to make to make people like like tyler and he said he didn't have the words to make people like that to be like no you do have the words Go ahead and say it, you know. How can we start doing that with our local? I think it comes down to sharing stories and educating, right? And they go hand in hand. But 
the more you don't know what you like people fear what they don't know and you don't know what you don't understand and so the only way to get to a point of understanding is to have conversations with people that maybe don't look like you or don't come from the same place you do and the more you talk to them and you actually listen not listen to respond but listen to understand you know you start to to widen you know your knowledge and, and it becomes a more inclusive place and it's okay to be inclusive and it doesn't have to be things are so divisive nowadays like we've seen it and I'm not gonna get political but in the last couple election cycles like especially things get so divisive and people kind of run to their corners and they say where it's comfortable and so it's about being brave enough to step outside of your comfort zone knowing that especially like me as an ally, I'm going to make mistakes. Yes. Um, owning them and trying to do better the next time, like it's okay. But some people aren't comfortable getting that space. So I think the more you have conversations and you hear other people's stories, the easier it gets and the more, the less ignorance there is out there. That's true. Angie, we talk about that all the time and especially the political thing. The political thing can split us up right now on this podcast, but we got to be able to um, agree to disagree without taking each other's head off you know i've seen the political things split up families and especially in our plant like it split up good friendships i'm like you got to be you you got a choice this is america right we're allowed to vote for who we want and what side we want but i still have to say hey we're friends at the end of the day so i'm not going to hold that against you so well and one of the things that we talk about one of the uh terms um is high context dependency kind of explains that everyone you know filters through their experiences and their past experiences so and that's something you can't discount like you can have the most logical conversation with somebody but if they've had a bad experience or have had some type of experience in their past that's going to inform their decision so that's why it's so important to talk about and ask questions and like well why do you feel that way and then they'll share stories like we have been with each other and that's good because those bad experiences can keep make people shut down you I know i mean the more you you have those conversations the more a person feels more comfortable they're they'll open up they'll listen they'll understand um i haven't picked on tisha yet not trying to pick on you but you've been quiet, but you keep getting closer to the mic. So I feel like there's something that you would like to say. So I'll, I'll take that back. I'm not picking on you, but. I came into this more to be an ally, I guess. I grew up in a diverse um, school, town. I went to school in Kokomo, Indiana, at Kokomo High School. And, you know, my father-in-law is married to a black woman. My nephew is married to a, a black girl. My nine-year-old son came home, said he's got this little black girlfriend. You know, I've been around, you know, that's been around me. So I came in to be more of an ally to this and to help people at work, and I wanted to get the word around. I know, like I mentioned earlier, just with our... Always try to remind myself this, and I even mentioned this while we were outside a minute ago, too. I'm coming out of my COVID coma. I'm becoming a little bit more social again. I, I don't know what happened. I got real introvert. So I have not put myself out there. I haven't talked about a lot of things. I mean, I got in this little comfortable cocoon at home for a while, and then it was like, oh, I don't know what happened. Anyway, so I'm working on that with myself, but I am still learning. But over the last couple of years, I keep reminding myself, 
we don't see things as they are. We see things as we are. That means I'm not going to see something the way you see something or you see something or, you know, our next person or the person working next to us or the person that just walked in the door, never worked in the plant before. And then reminding myself to be open and talk or like we I guess I would say I used to be a temp ally on second shift. We had a lot of temps. And when I was a temp, (laughs) I hate doing back when I was a temp, but people come over and they've never been in an area. They don't know where the bathrooms are. They don't know where vending machines are or where an exit door is. Uh, Something simple, like maybe just saying, hey, uh, my name's so-and-so. Hey, the bathrooms are, you're already opening the door to be an ally. You're creating allyship. And you're also teaching them that if maybe they're in another area and someone new comes into that. So it's like something we can all bring out. But, you know, not only not only that, Angie, just think about how we treat caravan and nice people in there. Like they're second class citizens. Come not on. everybody. Not everybody, no. but some people do. Some people do. Well, you made it sound. Some people do. That way. But, but some people some do. Some people do. Some people do. And we need to stop with that, too. You get what I'm saying? Because I'm not trying to boast or brag or nothing, but I'm the type of person, I talk to anybody. But sometimes with us talking to some of the caravan nice people like they're a human being and not like they well, they just pick up trash. If, if, if we treat them better, that would empower them and their, lo- and, you know, and their company in our local and instead of well we're just people that pick up trash that gm people don't even really like us i've heard that i've heard that from other people so not only are we doing this racism while we're doing it to our own people within our local so that's something that, that's something to also think about i wasn't trying to argue no. with you you know i, know. I just wanted to point out <laughs> yeah but I, I wanted to bring that up because they need a voice too and i think with united front it can help you guys become a vocal cord for the people who don't have a voice to say something and, and get them stronger and make them feel like, hey, my words are important, too. How I feel is important, too. Just to see another aspect of it instead of just the racism part. We can do black and white all day, but it's other aspects of this, too. Right. Mm-hmm. I mean, it is part of our Constitution that we do not discriminate. Creating solidarity starts with us. I said a long time ago, and by the way, we would be on strike if it was two years ago. So we've come a long way. When we, right before we went out on strike, I put something on Facebook. Oh my gosh. So uh, I said, for uh, once we hit the strike line, we will all be equal. Literally, we were equally paid, equally insured. We were equally doing, because the company already breaks us down into categories or sections or kind of creates that division. And I got my head chewed off by a young man and he didn't look at it in the way I meant. Like I said, we don't see things as they are. We see them as we are. So he took it like I was slandering him because that's what people sometimes do. And we need to stop doing that. We all do the same job. We work, we we got to get inclusive. But after a long conversation with him, he was like, oh, my gosh, I understand. And, you know, like I helped him with links on where to go for contracts, old contracts, whatever. So he got a little bit more educated. So 
I'm now a current ally to him. He's hired in and he's current ally on that type of stuff. But other divisions, we can all still create some kind of allyship. And I don't know if there was a certain experience or something that you might have went, oh, yes, I know how I can use this. Or where where can I use this information? Like while you're taking the class, like was there something in your head you were like, this will be beneficial so I can have this tool out on the floor in the community or in our home? Did anyone have any like epiphany moments? I would say like, um, cause I'm a pretty vocal person that like is pretty direct. I confront things head on. Tyler was teasing me about this earlier. Um, and so I think sometimes I, when I'm trying to confront an issue or a topic or, or um, confront somebody on something that maybe they said that was inappropriate or whatever, and I don't always come about it the right way, maybe I'm a little too aggressive or whatever. And so through talking to people and how they've dealt with, like in United Front, how they would deal with the situation or how they've dealt with things, um, I think I've realized that I need to approach things better. Having If I call somebody out, if somebody says something racist, and as a good ally, I want to call you out right now in the moment so that everybody around realizes that wasn't okay, sometimes that may not be the best approach if you want to actually make a difference. And so pulling that person to the side later and talking to them privately as so that they don't get so defensive and they do, they are open to listening to what you have to say. Um, and so I think I've really, United Front has helped me open my eyes a little bit about like finding a better approach to things and not necessarily, it's hard for me sometimes to bite my tongue and not say it in the moment, but like to have a greater impact, do it, you know, privately. And to expand on that a bit, I was, uh, my specific path with uh, United Front has been education. So I talk with a lot of like uh, Fort Wayne community school teachers. And uh, uh, the one lady said it, and it stuck with me since, is like, if you're having a disagreement, try and identify the lens that is changing how you see what the other person's seeing and reverse engineer back from there how that would affect everything that is part of that argument. And I've tried to make it a better thing to like step back, reverse engineer, and I'll say it out loud now, like, well, no, I'm, I am kind of viewing this from this angle, so give me a second. And it just, it makes it a lot easier to um, interpret what the other person's saying better, you know, go forward with any kind of conversation of substance, knowing exactly where they're speaking from. And I think a lot of people can use that to better go about all of these conversations. Yeah, I agree. Mm -hmm. That psychology degree came in handy, didn't it? <laughs> it's GM, it always comes in handy. <laughs> I kind of feel the same way, like Amanda was saying, like your instinct is to be direct and maybe try to explain why you think what they're saying is wrong when really asking questions might be a better way to do it, to see like how they how they came upon that feeling or that belief. So that's something that I personally know I need to work on. That's something we all can work on, mm -hmm. you know. How many arguments you go into where you don't take the other person's feelings in consideration. So, right. yeah, it's really you good. You think highly of your opinion. Yeah. really should be listening a little bit more. I know, you know, I'm guilty, I like to say I'm, I'm right yeah. all the time. <laughs> <laughs> that's what we all want to say. Anybody else? I think... Um, Diversifying our standing committees is a good way to 
bring back um, what we've learned as well. Um, I know on our committee, we've started getting um, people from like a Bonsai. Um, we are get, I have like three uh, temporary employees. Um, and so like, and I tr treat everyone obviously the same, but we all have a different side. We all work in different areas. We all have like different things going on. And it's really cool because I'm really proud of my committee. I feel like we're almost like a family now. And it doesn't it even shows feel like in the a pictures. committee. Yeah. It's like I feel like they're another extension mm -hmm. of my family. And I have another new member from another one of our locals. I'm not sure what the name of it is. Um, they tell me. They keep telling me all the time. But it's one of my best, one of my best buds. Like, he's super cool. So, like, you know, when you were talking about caravan nights, it made me think of that, like, um, my committee is definitely getting very diverse, and Good. I love it. Everyone Good. brings something awesome to the I know table. that's something that we're, like, when we do um, our 101 classes and stuff, like we've had caravan nights and all the different units all in, we're talking to them about joining standing committees because they can. And, and before they didn't really know that they could. I know we're pushing that because we need I, – I think Strike taught us a lot about how wow we actually have all these units and didn't know we we're all together so i think that'll definitely help and i will throw out there we got 101 classes getting ready to come up a plug for the education committee let your people know if they haven't signed up for it if they haven't taken it matter money matters is coming up so that was my little hey let me throw this plug in there but education is and knowledge is so powerful that's why we, um, when we were talking as a group before the podcast, um, we were talking about that encouraging people because kind of like Paula was saying, when you, when you work on service projects or any project or an event for the union, like that shared experience brings you closer together. And I know like that's how I made a lot of friends in the union. It was I didn't know them beforehand, but it was volunteering and over time spending time with people um, being involved. And then we became friends from that. And so always, you know, trying to expand your net a little bit. Like if you hear about a class and you see someone that has that little spark, you know, in your area or maybe a counterpart or something, you know, encourage them to do that because that'll give you, that'll be a bridge, you know, to get them involved or to start having those conversations. Mm -hmm. Agreed. Well, in conclusion, we want to thank everyone here at this panel for joining us and giving your opinion and giving your story too. I know it ain't easy. You know, some of us are not speakers like that, but thank you for doing it and thank you for coming out and hopefully we can spread more of this to the rest of our local and get some more people interested in these teachings of Dr. Lasambe. Did I say it right? Yes. Look at that. Look at that. I said it right. I'm glad you said it. I know. I know. I'm good with words. Use me on Scrabble, you know, <laughs> word up, everything. So we want to thank you guys for coming out and, and teaching us about United Front and your opinions and we want to say thanks. Yeah. And we want to thank you. Okay. All right. Thanks, everybody.